Hey everybody, Rob Hessler here with another episode of Art on the Air. This, again, part of my special series for Do Savannah here, talking to artists, creatives, art types, curators, and the like about what they're up to during this health crisis. All of these interviews are being done by phone to respect social distancing. And this week, I have actually two guests on the show. I've got Julia Thompson and her partner, Kiri Williamson. And we get into a lot of things that I think you're going to be interested in. More on that in just a second here. I wanted to mention at DoSavannah.com, you can find the recent episodes that I've recorded here of Art on the Air. You can find last week's with Harry DeLorme, which was a fantastic discussion. He is an artist and the senior curator of education at Telfair Museums. And then the week before, I spoke with Carmen Aguirre, who is also a fantastic artist, and she is the gallery director at Grand Bohemian Gallery. And we talked about a lot of interesting topics there in each of those interviews. But on to this week, as I mentioned, Julia Thompson and Kiri Williamson. And Kiri has been an occasional guest co-host of mine on the Art on the Air radio program. And she is a creative type in that she is an actress. And her partner, Julia Thompson, is a visual artist, a painter. I met Julia first, actually. We both at one time when Haza Gallery was in Savannah. We were both represented by Haza. We kind of really hit it off, actually, and um, so I wanted to check in with her. She started working on this project once the quarantine was on where she wanted to do a very, very large continuous piece, and so I was interested in talking to her about that, but knowing that she was in a relationship and living with Kiri, I kind of thought it would be interesting to talk to the two of them as a couple and how they're dealing with you know, sort of being together all this time. And I also happen to know that Kiri works at Squirrel's Pizza here in Savannah. And I thought it would be kind of interesting to get her perspective as somebody who has been working at a restaurant during the health crisis. So anyway, without further ado, let's get into this conversation. I think it's a really interesting one. And they had some really, I think, profound thoughts on some of the stuff that we've all been going through. And I think you're going to enjoy it. So here you go. Kiri Williamson and Julia Thompson. Enjoy. Art on the Air Field Notes. This is Rob Hessler, and I am speaking with Julia Thompson and Kiri Williamson, two artists and creative types who have been sheltering in place during this health crisis. And before we really get rolling, Julia, Kiri, I just wanted to ask, how are the two of you doing with this quarantine situation? You know, it hasn't really been very much different than how we already live our lives. Yeah. Which, besides the fact that obviously we've had to kind of realize what, I, I think for me in particular, what I was taking for granted, even just pleasure trips to the grocery store to stare at cuts of meat. But <laughs> I really, we just kind of realized, you know, this is what we do already. We're very much homebodies. And we work from, well, I work from home primarily. Kiri goes out to work, but 
the way we live and also how we feel about living with each other really hasn't hasn't changed at all. No, no, it really hasn't changed so much at all. I mean, I'm, I'm even still lucky enough to be able to go to work, and it really hasn't hasn't affected our lives too much other than the fact that we don't see other people anymore. Carrie, I want to ask you about that because you are, in addition to being an actor and a creative type, you your your day job is as working as a server. And I was curious about that because, you know, that job has been deemed as a still a critical uh, position. So you're you're able, you know, you said you're able to go to work, but it also puts you sort of in the line of fire in a lot of ways. Uh, being out there socially. So just talk a little bit about that, Kiri, because I'm I'm curious how that's been from the other side of it. I mean, we, Gretchen, my wife and I have picked up food a couple of times, but we haven't, you know, we go there and we're very careful, like we're not taking any chances, but you're having to see a lot of people on a regular basis. Right, right. And, you know, and it's hard to tell who is also going out of their way to not you know, interacts with a lot of other people before they're coming to the restaurant and interacting with those of us who really don't have a choice, you know. I would honestly much rather not be working at all right now, but, you know, for our own sakes financially and for the sake of our restaurant particularly, you know, there are two servers left working in our restaurant and including our owning manager, three other guys, working in our kitchen right now, you know, and we're not closing any days of the week. So that's basically all hands on deck almost all the time. You know, so we're lucky enough that the group we interact with, as far as our staff goes, is very small. But I would say less than half of the people that I interact with every day have on, you know, a fabric or paper mask or anything like that. So it's been a bit of a struggle. I also have a hard time seeing myself as an essential employee, so it doesn't necessarily always feel super encouraging to go into work either because I don't, you know, I'm, I'm happy to serve, you know, the community as any way I can right now, but, you know, swinging pizzas doesn't always feel essential as grateful as I am to have my job still. Well, you know, it's interesting that you look at it that way. And uh, first of all, I, uh, I know you you work at Squirrel's Pizza, which is like one of my favorite places to go. We have very early on in the in the quarantine, um, I think it was, you know, maybe the third week of March, my wife and I ordered delivery of of uh, Squirrel's Pizza. And but I, I am I mean, I will say this is that we haven't been going out much to you know, pick up food or anything like that. And and I and I, that debate on whether or not it's essential, and Julia kind of hit on this a little bit too, is like there is something very comforting about your favorite places and like being able to get a little bit of normalcy. I mean, I will say, you know, I mean, I think that like, because Squirrels is one of my favorite places and like to have even just that little bit. Now, that balance, of course, there's that between being giving people comfort versus like is this actually necessary or can we like probably still just cook our food at home 
there is a benefit to society, I think, by having the option of being able to pick up some food. Right, yeah. I mean, and there's a benefit, you know, for us as a business as well. You know, I know we're lucky enough to know for a fact that we're going to make it through whatever happens at the restaurant. You know, we're blessed enough and we, you know, have been doing well enough. The community has been taking care of us enough up until this point because, you know, we've been putting out a product that everybody has loved, which is so amazing. But, you know, that's not going to be the case for a lot of restaurants, a lot of really great restaurants in Savannah, you know, probably aren't going to make it through this because it's not, you know, because not everywhere serves pizza, you know, not every, not everybody always wants everything else, you know, or it just doesn't strike your mind the same way that pizza really does when you're thinking about takeout food. And, you know, a lot of places in Savannah, weren't able to keep their doors open at all, and that may mean that they're not able to, you know, open them back up. It feels like in the United States, pizza is like grandma's hug when everything is going wrong. Mm -hmm. A friend and I were talking about this the other day. They were like, well, curious, really, you know, doing everyone a service and working at a really great place because people love pizza. Like, what is what else are people getting probably besides McDonald's and pizza right now? I mean, of course, your local staples, but... Those are the two that people, well, not two, I mean, not, not everyone, you know, <laughs> but pizza in particular, that is really America's comfort food. That's a really good point. You know, this is an art show, so I don't really want to get too bogged down in this, but I think it's really interesting to see because most of us as artists and creative people, like, we don't, there's very few of us that are just living exclusively off of our art, and the fact is, is that those of us who are lucky enough to live exclusively off our art are probably not doing much because there is no art shows right now. It's just not, I mean, there's some online stuff, but there's nothing in person. So before we get into talking about the project that you mentioned that you're working on, Julia, I want to ask you just sort of how your work life is going, because I know that you do work from home, but you work for Disney. And I imagine that things have changed at least to a certain extent. Oh, these, these changed quite a bit. So what I was doing, just to give you a little bit more specific context, I was working for an affiliated Disney travel agency. So Disney kind of, when you have a Disney-affiliated travel agency, Disney babysits you, and you sell vacations for them. But unfortunately, with my position, I was furloughed very early on. I guess like at the very beginning of March because my boss saw what was happening with the travel industry. And numbers were already starting to tank. So I got let go very early. So the panic set in very early because I was like, oh my gosh, how long is this going to be? Because, you know, at the beginning, everyone thought, oh, it's going to be a month or two. But now, you know, they keep saying maybe in the fall. And even with Disney, you know, this is kind of creating a domino effect because for everyone that sells Disney vacations, anyone that deals and does business with Disney, now when people thought they were going to be open by Easter, it's really getting scarier because now they're saying maybe August. Real quick, just to jump in there, I mean, I think that you're absolutely right. I mean, even this past in this past week, Telfair CEO Robin Nicholson, the director of the Telfair Museum, put out a statement to people on the mailing list talking about their situation and they in that email 
said that their expected reopening date to the public is August 1st. So even at this point, although, you know, I think we can be hopeful that things will get rolling before then, I think a lot of people are already starting to recognize that it's probably not going to happen before then. Yeah, yeah, and I saw that letter too, and I was like, yeah, it's really starting to seem like August is the projected true north of when we can expect the economy to maybe start going back to normal, which for me, I just, I kind of almost see the road ahead and just see all of these people who thought they might make it through now to struggle even more, which is horrifying, but... Anyway, that's, you know, that's what I'm doing with that. So now since I'm out of work for the moment, I've really been thinking more about how the way we work, especially as an artist, how I have to change the way I work. Even without my own artwork, even just thinking, you know, how am I also going to contribute to society now that this other job that I had, which was, you know, writing and editing, and writing in itself is still an art form, but... You know, now that that isn't as necessary right now, what should I be doing? I've been taking this class called How to Be Happy. And that's kind of segueing into this artwork that I'm doing. Because I started, well, the class is specifically called The Science of Wellness. And it's offered free by Yale right now, actually. And as I I was taking the first class, I thought, you know, this is something I can explain within my artwork because part of the class you have to write essentially a thesis for, you know, what you think happiness is your last five weeks. And my thesis is going to be this 20-yard drawing that I'm working on right now. Hmm. Yeah, let's talk about that drawing because that really intrigued me. I did a call out to the Savannah art community, oh, I guess about six weeks ago, where I was sort of asking people to chime in if they had something that they were working on, what are they up to, and stuff like that, so that way that I could continue to cover the arts here in Savannah. And you mentioned a 20-yard drawing, so talk more about that. Like, what has it started? What's the process like? I mean, how how does it translate from this course through Yale to making this drawing? Because 20-yard drawing, that's, well, it's ambitious. It is, and I guess the idea of a 20-yard drawing came from when I was helping a friend of my father's who wanted to kind of start up this panoramic drawing marathon where he would invite artists to create this miles-long panoramic drawing of the Mississippi. And even though that fell through, I've still been sort of obsessed with the idea of what a panoramic could be. And... Before, uh, Yale actually offers free classes on YouTube. So before, for the past few years, I'll watch one every once in a while, and with my drawings, I'll almost sort of collect data, quote-unquote, while I watch this. And it's very non-objective drawing. It's very abstract. It's a lot of line contour, but as collecting data. And that's essentially what this has turned into. So I'm taking this panoramic, and as I'm learning about happiness, I am taking the data that I assume I'm collecting and I'm thinking about my own happiness and I am just drawing the things that make me happy, which is colors, primarily colored pencils and these fun little children's crayons that are multicolored that change as you draw and really just 
drawing like a child draws. Without thinking about what they're drawing, they're just doing it. And conceptualizing what it is that makes, right now it's a selfish endeavor, it's what's making me happy. For a while when I was thinking about art, I was thinking about the viewer and what they were looking at when they were looking at my artwork. And for a while that was stressing me out. And for the first time, I'm making artwork that I'm looking at going, this one is visually pleasing for me. Hopefully, you know, making artwork that looks better, maybe, maybe I'm creating better artwork. And this process, you know, I don't sit down every single day because I, there are days in this quarantine where I don't feel happy. And I'm not going to force myself to create something when I'm not feeling happy because that's also not the point of what I'm trying to do with the 20-yard drawing. I'm trying to create happiness. And sometimes that's also hard to do when you're not feeling great, especially given the conditions that we're in right now. So that's kind of been my process with this is hoping, hopefully while I'm creating this, I'm creating more joy. And then whoever looks at this, I hope that they see the joy that I am creating while I'm doing this. So I have now, I think you're my fifth or sixth person that I, the two of you are my fifth and sixth people that I've interviewed during this quarantine situation. And a couple of the previous artists that I've that I've spoken to, and it's a topic that's kind of come up, have mentioned making artwork that makes them happy. So the first person I interviewed was Becca Cook, and she was making these little aliens just because it made her happy. And then I spoke with Ruby McGrory, and she was talking about she's doing these digital pieces every day, and it's really not about anybody else. It's about just trying to do what she can do to make herself happy, to do what she needs for herself on a daily basis. Now, in both of those cases, the response has from the community has been positive and it has had a, a good impact on the community, but it really kind of just came from them doing what they needed to do to make themselves feel better in this difficult situation. And I've been kind of discussing that with people is that right now we're in this situation where because of the fact that it's unlikely that many of us are going to be having shows or if their shows are going to be you know only online the sales are going to be diminished of course because the reality is like you mentioned and like we were talking about it's not going to be until several months down the road maybe before even things kind of start getting back to normal and we start getting income and then it's like well, what are we putting our money towards? It's probably going to be like rent and food and diapers, not let's buy a new piece of artwork to put on the walls. <laughs> so there's an opportunity right now for us, I think, as artists to just maybe reevaluate what we're doing, take some chances. And it doesn't need to be, you know, it doesn't have the same kind of pressures that were on being an artist before. And I think that might be a positive thing in the long run. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, I, one thing that I talked about with a friend fairly recently is who am I really creating artwork for when I'm making it? And, you know, there's a battle that you should be, as an artist, you almost feel like you want to contribute to society with your work. It's a contribution. And, oh, well, I guess in a way it's a contribution. And for a while, when I was making artwork, I was just thinking, well, I need to, I need to make something that people think is meaningful and that people want to buy. And because I was doing that, I was making artwork that I didn't even like to look at. I was forcing something. And now I feel like there's this uncertainty that's looming. People are just saying, well, forget it. I'm going to create stuff that's being created for me. And 
in that way, you actually start to make better work when you do that because now you're not inhibited by these pressures and these obligations you feel like you need to fill. You're making art for the sake of creating it, and that usually ends up being the artwork that people love the most, whether or not they know what your reasoning behind making it was. It's almost like you can feel what your intentions were when you made it. That's interesting. Now, I want to switch, kind of move back over to you, Kiri, because Julia just went through this, her process of not only making artwork, but using artwork as a means to find some happiness and joy during this really difficult time. Kiri, we talked about the sort of emotional challenges of working at a restaurant during a health crisis where you're really not supposed to be around other people and the debate that you've been having on whether or not doing such a thing is an essential part of you know our society but i'm kind of curious like what are how are you kind of dealing with that because i imagine i've gone and picked up food a couple of times and i felt super uncomfortable like not just picking up the food because like oh my gosh is this okay but also like for the people that work there like i see them and i'm like oh my god are these because there's people that are coming up there like me you know, my wife and I, we come up in a mask and we're like, you know, using yeah. the hand sanitizer like right away and we're like super careful. But I see other people and they're just like walking up like there's nothing going on. And yeah. and so I kind of wonder just there's got to be some emotional pressure that goes along with that. So like what's your outlet? I've been reading a lot lately. <laughs> Um, I'm an escapist for sure in that respect, probably why I'm an actor, because I don't necessarily want to be myself or in the world that I live in. So, uh, um, yeah, I've been reading a lot. I've been playing a lot more video games than I used to play before all of this is happening, <laughs> and really just like being the true escapist that I very much am and living in my uh, absolute most Aquarian nature possible, No, I get that, actually, you know, because I've been playing a lot of games, and then mm -hmm. also been very much engaged. I've been reading, like, a series of fantasy novels, and they're about as, oh, like, yeah. I mean, I love them, but, you know, they're not exactly on, like, the top 100 essential books of all time. I'm not, <laughs> yeah. there, there is a bit of a social push to, like, Oh, you should learn Mandarin Chinese or like build a uh, a wing, a new wing on your house or something during this. Right, like you have to right. be like. Yeah, there's definitely even when I go into work, there's definitely this pressure even from my like boss and stuff of like not a real one, just a friendly pressure of like what you been doing, and I'm like. I've been locked in my house doing absolutely nothing. Do not expect anything more. I came here to work, and that's what that's what my contribution is. Like, stop expecting me to lose weight or, you know, paint something in my house or improve a thing. Like, right now, going to work and hoping that I come home still healthy is kind of the capacity of my, you know, productiveness right now. With Kiria, we haven't we haven't done nothing. We did uh, first of all, we weeded out in the backyard, which was a jungle. Lord uh, God, Tarzan jumped out at one point and leaped over the fence and ran away. <laughs> but you know when I'm sure you feel this way when Lincoln was first born and you would just go and while he slept, it would stand there and think, "Man, what an amazing thing!" I just did 
that's my backyard. Our backyard. <laughs> I, I stared it through the window going, wow, we did that. I planted seeds. I can't wait. I planted cucumbers because now with what we're doing, I mean, really, Carrie doesn't cook very often, and that is fine. I don't care. I take pride and pleasure in cooking and feeding. I, I love to nurture in that way. It's also a different creative outlet. It's very creative. It's a whole process. So I've been doing, I've been doing breads. I tried to do a bread starter, which died, which I mourned for a couple of days. It was like sitting shiva. I kept it on the counter just to look at so I could see my dead <laughs> starter that I tried and it's no longer. But we, I have breads that are frozen. One blessing, and I find that I'm now disgusted by people. There are no, well, at least for a while, there was like no dry goods on the shelves, but at the grocery store, I was like, wow, there's so much fresh produce. This is amazing. And at first, I thought it was just because they were keeping up with demand. No, no. People just aren't really buying the fresh produce. So for me, it's been excellent because I've had access to all this fresh produce. Um, I haven't been getting too adventurous with my cooking, but I have to say, probably healthier than before, really trying to make things that are focusing more on whole foods and whole grains, lower oils. I feel like we should be doing ourselves that service since we're physically not doing anything. I feel like the least we can do is just maintain our systems while they're laying around playing video games and reading. (laughs) Um, You know, that's really, with cooking, it's just been another... I just kind of escape and another joy and another creative outlet, and I really look forward to doing it now. Before, at the end of the day, even after just being on the computer all day, I'd be like, oh, all right, what are we going to do? You know what, never mind, let's go out to eat. Now, that, that's not really an option, and I'm actually fine with that now being an option because I get excited about cooking. No doubt about it. Yeah, I think that's been nice, and actually, you know, a lot of times, too, it's just, the comfort of a home-cooked meal and you like you know you talked about how wonderful it was to look out your backyard and see the weeding you've done there there's something to be said about that too when you sit down and you cook a good meal and like wow like i made this food and it's so good and then you know you're gonna have the leftovers and it's just like there's something very satisfying about that there is and even after doing the dishes i'm like man what an accomplishment and when i used to work in kitchens and I thought I wanted to be a chef and I mean you know what that might still have to be a thing for a while after this you know just for the sake of making an income I might go back and do that for a while it's still been really rewarding in its own way and I really also like the process of starting a project and finishing it and that feels like the one thing I have right now that I can start and finish and it was satisfying and it served a purpose Mm. Well said. And when this is all said and done and we're able to interact again, we'll have to get together and share the delicious foods that we have been making as a group. So Julia Thompson and Kiri Williamson, thank you so much for speaking with me for Art on the Air today. Thank you, That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. Listen every Wednesday for our live show, broadcasting from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on 107.5 FM, Savannah Soundings, and worldwide at wruu.org. 
And you can catch past episodes on the WRUU station archives on our website, as well as on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We'll talk to you next week, where we'll have another batch of art on the air.